0: freak written all over him he's little he's blonde he's freak little freak
1: hello michelle geordie hello how are you well i'm not too bad actually how about yourself? I'm <laughs> great. I'm always cried. You're cried. I'm not that good, actually. I've got a bit of a sore throat. I was on the bus yesterday, Michelle, with a lot of sick people. Well, that will do it. Yeah. So I turned around and one of those sick people was actually a neighbour, someone who was a listener, if you remember, Rich. My neighbor, who was the one that told the postie when I said, Don't tell the postie. He told the bloody postie. Yes, yes, he told the postie. Well, I turned around and I said, Oh, Rich, hello. And he had his earphones in and he looked at me and he laughed and he showed me what he was listening to. No. And it was eavesdropping.
0: No. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, I love that. And then he started coughing I loved all it. over you.
1: Well, we did sit together. He wasn't well. And I am a bit sick today, Rich. So I'm not saying I blame you. My kids were sick as well. It was just bad timing, I suppose. It's that time of year. It is that time of year. Everyone's sick. I mean, a few episodes ago, I had the old sick voice. Yeah, but it's constant. Move boring, on. Boring. This is not a weather report and it is not a health update. <laughs> <laughs> what it is, though, Michelle, it's a fantastic weekly podcast where we talk about everything from real life. True crime and supernatural. In fact,
0: today we have some supernatural bits and pieces. And if you're an Australian, yeah, I might call this a bitzer.
1: Bits of this, bits of that. Bits of bits Did that. you
0: have a dog that was a bitzer? No, I had a neighbour who loved saying, ah, oh, my dog's a bitzer. What's your dog? It's a bitzer. Is it a bitzer
1: bitch? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what oh, dogs okay. are bitches if they're girls? It's a pizza episode. Did you ever say to your dad, what's for dinner? And he'd say, it's a pizza. No. Pizza this, pizza that. No, he never said that. No, my dad was Italian. So
0: he didn't. No fucking pizzas here. No fucking pizzas. No, he was not into the Aussie lingo. I do remember one thing that he would make, which was absolutely fantastic. And I've spoken to other Italians since. It's a very Neapolitan thing leftover spaghetti bolognese because obviously as kids that's all we Mm. would eat you get an egg yeah whip up that egg you scramble it what do you call it like whisk it whisk an egg yeah (laughs) whisk a fucking egg (laughs) what's happened nigella (laughs) i don't know (laughs) bit of salt bit of pepper bits of this bits of that and then you put your leftover spaghetti bolognese in a frying pan with some oil nice olive oil you put that egg over the top and it turns into kind of a... Carbonara? No, 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 no. You you make it almost like a pancake
1: or a... Oh, I know what you mean. Like an omelette. Yes. spaghetti in.
0: Yes. And, you know, you put a little bit of olive oil and whatever on top afterwards. Very Neapolitan thing. That's, wow. That's your top tip, people, for what to do with your leftover spaghetti.
1: So we're not a weather report. We're not a health update. But sometimes we might be... A cooking show. A cooking show. And I meant to say, actually, also a television and film recommendation storage area because my neighbour, Rich, yeah. he said to me, because he had the cold, he said, oh, we've been looking for the films that you recommended. He was listening to the BSE episode. He said, I'm looking everywhere for the film Dope. Oh, I said, it's nope. <laughs> That's why nope. you can't find it. You're looking
0: for dope? Nope. You're a dope because it's nope. Cause it's nope. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of telly look, this is not so much a wreck, but more okay. of a it's on my radar wreck.
1: Yeah, you haven't watched it yet? No,
0: because Dordie, our one and only patron saint, <gasps> Ben Mendelsohn, he's back. <laughs> He's, Yay. he's playing Christmas. Oh, I know. Yeah. He's in
1: the New Look. Mm. I know. It was recommended by Safka, but it was already on my radar as well. I can't wait to watch.
0: Well, I mean, it's a terrible name because obviously if you if you live in the UK, New Look is the cheapest, nastiest chain store on the high
1: street. But New Look was named after the New Look, which is what was obviously pioneered by Chanel. And yes. who was he playing again? Christian Dior. He's
0: playing Dior. Christian Yeah, all, all of, of those guys. guys. And it started last week on Valentine's Day. So oh. That's, oh, when wow. it, that's when it came out. So keep your eyes peeled. And if you've already seen it and have an opinion, do write in.
1: Do write in. And also you can write in with your other recommendations
0: because we like it. We do love it. We do yeah. love it. Yeah. Now... I also want to say, Geordie, I... What's
1: that, Michelle? By the way, I'm Mich- I'm Geordie and you're Michelle. Oh, we and you We didn't your... say that, did we?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Michelle and my friend Geordie. I'm Geordie.
1: We are eavesdropping the podcast, which you eavesdrop on.
0: Making you... An eavesdropper. Exactly. Drop, drop. Drip, drop. Well, not so much a drip, drop, but a pop-up. A pop-pop. Huh? I had a little pop-up. A pop-up. A little pop-up on my computer about... An auction in Australia.
1: Oh, it's so funny because people in England always laugh at how the Australians say the word auction. Auction. It's an, it's auction. an auction. They don't understand it. Yeah. Because they say auction. It's an here.
0: auction. That's yeah. why it's Australia.
1: Australia. 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 Exactly. There's an
0: auction in Australia. Well. Was it an eBay auction? No. It was an auction where loads of second-hand designer handbags and shoes and dresses were all being sold on the cheap
1: because... Who did they belong to? Madonna?
0: (gasps) Melissa Canick!
1: Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. So...
0: For all our listeners who maybe missed out on our millions of episodes, where we are obsessed with Melissa Caddick, who yeah, is the sure. Australian con woman who went missing in late 2020 after she ripped off her friends and family to the tune of more than 30 million Aussie dollars. Uh, yeah. And she lived it up buying flashy clothes and expensive holidays and jewelry and whatnot. And then her foot washed up Ew. on a beach. I think she's still alive. She's been legally declared dead.
1: I don't think that.
0: Well, Geordie, I'm just going to say for a few hundred bucks, you two can now look like missing fraudster Melissa Caddick because you can buy her clothes. Oh, I
1: see. I was going to say because you can, for a couple of hundred bucks, get your foot sawn off. <laughs> <laughs> That's what <laughs> I you can going say. <laughs> So you lost me there for a moment, Michelle.
0: Dark. No, and look, I looked at this auction and you could snap up Gucci handbags for 200 bucks.
1: No. They're not going to make 13 mil back
0: that way, are they? No, no. But all the proceeds... Are they trying to
1: give the money to the,
0: yeah. Yeah, all the proceeds do
1: go to the victims,
0: of which family were victims.
1: (laughs) Yeah, her parents, for example. Yeah,
0: I mean, would you wear the evil dead woman's clothes? Would you wear them? Yeah. If <laughs> you got a Gucci for 200 bucks, <laughs> you got a
1: Chanel dress for 300, you might. I am an avid charity shopper, have been all my life. So I probably have done. I probably have worn someone evil's clothes at some point, right?
0: I think we've all worn. Dead ladies' clothes. For sure. Half of the good stuff ends up in the charity store. People can't be bothered to do
1: anything else with it.
0: Or they've popped off and the and the family has just given
1: it to Bernardo's or whatever. So That's why you want to go to God's waiting room for the best charity stores, by the way. <laughs> Which is usually somewhere on the coast. Here in the UK it's somewhere like Beck's Hill. Mm. in australia i don't know where that would be somewhere on the coast
0: in australia too although not so much these days all the hipsters are heading to the coast buying yeah, sure. up all the land all the bits are, all the bits of properties <laughs> you go to the retirement villages that's where all the best clothes can be found yeah but on the backs of people who live
1: there i'm talking about where you can find the... are you talking about murder them no. <laughs> are you gonna murder them you for can't their... just wander into a retirement <laughs> village and go shopping they're wearing the clothes of no, their wardrobe. The
0: village that is considered a retirement oh, village. I thought you meant
1: like a Budgie Smuggler's Rest type affair, which is where my parents currently reside. Yes.
0: No, not an actual retirement settlement. I mean, like <laughs> a village that has a lot of retired people. It's just that my parents call Budgie Smuggler's Rest the village. So you've confused me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> For a few hundred bucks, you can buy Melissa Caddick's clothes. And help repay the victims
1: of That's her nice. crimes. That's nice. You two can look like a rich bitch <laughs> who's stolen from her family. Congrats. I
0: don't think they are going to recover the 30 mil, but every uh, little helps, right?
1: Yeah, as they say. And now we can all get some sleep.
0: It's a Clations moment.
1: The, the drinking happening. You're not having a drink. Good on you, Tomo. That was... Interesting, Michelle. Did you watch something that told you all of that or was it on the news? It was on the news.
0: I mean, I yeah. do live in a bubble, but I do get pop-ups on Sometimes my phone.
1: it breaks through. It break.
0: If it's about <laughs> Bendles or Melissa Caddick, I'm I'm in. I'm all in. You've set alerts up for those things. No, I Fair haven't enough. actually, but I don't know why. You know, I get fed. I get served up the news that I've obviously looked at before. Yeah. Okay. Which is also why I'm off to Thailand shortly and I've looked at about 300 hotels to try and book something in Bangkok. Now all I get served all of these things about
1: Thailand. Yeah, you only have to pay a little bit of interest and suddenly they're inundating. But going back to films and recommendations and your Bendel's recommendation, Mm. I haven't watched that yet. My kids are on holiday in an attempt to get them to spend more time with the family What we have done is try to go through some classic films. And going back to my neighbour, he also shared a list of films that his eldest son, who's still at secondary school, has compiled of what they call classics, things like Total Recall and all the Tarantinos. Mm. I did the same thing with my daughter, who's 13. I said, come and watch this film. It's a classic. You'll absolutely love it. Luckily, she didn't get it and she left the room. It was Pulp Fiction. Okay. Because <laughs> there are some dodgy scenes in that, which I had forgotten. For yes. example, the scene with the hillbillies and Bruce Willis's character and Marcellus Wallace are in the basement. Don't remember it not very nice okay so I'm glad that she wasn't there for that but then the next night i tried again with a different film one of my all-time favorites michelle it's called the sixth sense you know it it's by m night Shyamalan, milan who was that guy that does all the twisty turnies, exactly so we watched it and i thought will my kids be into will it? they be into it will they be held by this film They were, both of them were, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't too scary. There was enough jump scares for my daughter. She's just ripped through the 18 Scream films that exist. Oh, my God. Okay. That's what she
0: did on her school holidays. (laughs) That's what she's doing, yeah.
1: So I was inspired by the film The Sixth Sense. Obviously, you've seen it, Michelle. Michelle? I've clearly seen it now at least twice.
0: Yeah, but I have not seen it for a long, long time.
1: Well, there's a massive twist and I almost gave it away with my little boy, but luckily they never listened to me, so it went over his head. (laughs) I'm not going to do this for you guys, for those of you who haven't seen it. Exactly, except for the fact that I will tell you that Bruce Willis... Is Dr. Malcolm Crowe, who's a child psychologist in this film? 1999 was when it was made by, I said, M. Night Shyamalan, his first and by far his best. best. He has a client, a child, obviously, because he's a child psychologist. Who is a very troubled nine year old called Cole Seer and he's an outcast. Mm. He's got freak written all over him. Potential <laughs> Sorry, but that's what they call him. Ah,
0: freak written all over him. He's little, he's blonde, he's little freak. freaky guy. Little freak.
1: No, everyone teases him all the time because they oh. call him a freak. But for Bruce Willis's Dr. Malcolm Crow, he believes he's got a potential mood disorder or schizophrenia plus signs of physical harm.
0: Now, the mum is that Australian actress, right? Tony Collette. Tony Collette. She was great in that.
1: She was really good, actually. She's the reason mm. why I sobbed all the way through it again. Oh. Basically, it's none of the above all of the things that Dr. Malcolm Crow thought they were, schizophrenia, etc. Not that, because little Cole, as Michelle already gave away, sees dead people (laughs) all the time. Yes. (laughs) So as a trainee counsellor, I pondered this, Michelle. How many therapists have encountered clients who are troubled by the paranormal? Oh, Mm.
0: very interesting idea and question. Can you imagine you've got a child who comes in with this fantastical story and immediately you're going to not go to the supernatural as an explanation. You're just going to think, oh, this kid's got too much Ritalin or whatever. Who knows? But imagine if it really was the paranormal fucking with this child.
1: Well, exactly. And not just children, but people who are troubled by the paranormal. Mm. It's extremely distressing. If we go back to an earlier episode where I talked about the central London squat where I was troubled by apparitions and hauntings along with my flatmate. And a radio that just turned on by itself. Yeah. I was a shadow of myself. I had no sleep. I was psychically drained. So, Michelle, I took to Cora (laughs) and I had a little riffle through and also read it. The cousins, mm-hmm. I call them, the cousins of real life experience written by people who experience stuff. Yes. That's how I described Quora and Reddit. So this was posted by Upset Stomach is the name of
0: it. <laughs> Hi, Upset Stomach. Welcome. <sighs> Welcome to the podcast. Fucking now. They haven't written into us. They've just written into Quora. That is on a par with like
1: – Yeah. Uncomfortable hemorrhoid. festering sore.
0: Who's calling themselves that? Here we
1: go. So Upset Stomach says the following. (laughs) Had a conversation this morning with a client who has recently moved into a haunted house and it brought up so many thoughts for me. I have had many, many clients before tell me stories about various paranormal experiences, including demonic forward slash dark entities, Mm -hmm. seeing deceased loved ones in dreams, ghosts, premonitions of events that later happen in real life. Just spooky, scary, creepy, weird stuff that defies scientific explanation. Mm. To be clear, I did verify with the client I met today that these hauntings have been seen, heard, felt by others who have also lived in the house and Obvious elephant in the room with this topic is screening for evidence that these experiences are or aren't the result of drugs, hallucinations, delusions, derealization, etc. Further there are also the impacts of religion and culture on our professional interpretation of these events. Some people may see dead grandma in their house and feel like it's just a Wednesday, whereas some may interpret it as a symptom of a psychotic episode. Oof. Whether you're a believer or not, have you had clients share any paranormal stories with you? Okay. I want to know who responded to
0: upset also. Upset stomach.
1: Yeah, sorry, upset stomach. <laughs> we had a reply, lots of replies, mm. but the most interesting ones I had to field, and here we are. Lizanne Charlotte says, I heard more of these stories working in hospice than anywhere else. Right. People are near death and having only very rare lucid periods will report all kinds of visual and auditory phenomena. The best science can figure is that the brain occasionally has some disorganised electrical firing, but it has never fully accounted for the phenomena because it's so hard to study ethically. And by that she means you can't cut open the brain while they're living and have a little prod. Oh, just give it a Because that's go. not ethical. Maybe if you're in... Don't do that. Back to Lizanne Charlotte. She says, in general mental health, I've had more colleagues who believed in these kinds of things than I have ever heard from clients. Right. Then we've got one from Just Fan Theories who says, I've had a handful of these. What particularly stands out in my mind are a couple of instances where the client described premonitions or dreams that later came true and these really turned my head. Hmm. I try not to make assumptions and of course, assessing for psychosis, substance use, etc. is a must. But I never did figure out what to make of these stories. They were genuinely eerie i also had one experience where a client was choosing a stop signal or a safe word for emdr now emdr michelle is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy which is a mental health treatment technique used to combat trauma or other distressing life experiences and it uses moving of eyes whilst remembering traumatic events and it's supposed to really help
0: okay so it's like tapping but with eyes
1: well, I don't know for sure because I haven't trained in that. There's a safe word or a stop signal when things get too much. Yep. They were trying to come up with it. They hadn't discussed anything. They came out with the same word at the same time. Neither of them knew each other very well. What? Client counselor, and they hadn't previously mentioned the word. It was just randomly chosen. It's like rock paper scissors, but with words, which is much bigger choice. Yeah. Okay. They had a good laugh about it, but it stuck with me, is what that person said. We
0: have talked a lot about crossword puzzle answers oh, yeah. and things floating in the ether. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Derek Brown is that his name? Darren. Darren Brown. Derek Akora. Darren Brown. All the same. Um. Not really. <laughs> No. They're nothing like each other. Darren, well, Darren Brown would
1: appreciate that joke. Yeah, he'd hate Darren that. Darren Brown though, he is not psychic. No, but there are things in your environment He puts those words in your mind.
0: Yes, but also maybe there was something in the environment that your subconscious tweet to, but I think there there may be some explanations
1: there, potentially. Okay. So I learned about a doctor called Dr. Walter von Lucadus. <laughs>
0: I'm not love sure
1: it. how you pronounce that. I'm going to spell it L U C A D O U S. Lucadus. Lucadus. I'm not sure. Lucadu. Lucadus. I don't know. He's a doctor, but his specialty is the paranormal. He's also, you know, he's a head doctor, head, a shrink, if you like. And he's Germany's most famous parapsychologist and has been involved in more than 900 interviews on TV, radio and other media regarding anomaly research across Europe. I love this. How have we never heard of him before? Because everything's in German, Michelle.
0: I know. Google Translate, it's going to catch up. We're going to have access to all of this pretty soon.
1: In 1989, he founded the Parapsychological Consultancy in Freiburg in Germany with the support of the federal government of Baden-Württemberg. Oh! The consultancy receives around 3,000 inquiries. That was the guinea pig.
0: No, it's not. It's a poltergeist. In your room. <laughs> Where
1: was he? Did you see him?
0: Pig or poltergeist? No, I just heard Bloody the clunk. Yeah. Pig or
1: poltergeist? Do you decide? Oh, Yeah. Three thousand inquiries a year. And Dr. Von Luc and his colleagues help people who report problems to do with the paranormal and religious experiences, like this one man, who had no interest in the paranormal and was rather sceptical until he started hearing whispers in his kitchen.
0: Oh my yeah. God. Imagine what saying? Fry the eggs. eggs. Add more salt. <laughs> Like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: What's he ah, saying? <laughs> that looks shit. Lose, lose the paprika. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll get fat. Yeah. <laughs> no. Sometimes it would be like chattering in there, other times it would be really menacing. Because <gasps> he didn't know where it was oh coming from. So he's in the kitchen, he's looking everywhere, trying to pinpoint where the sound's coming from. Eventually, he discovered the voices were coming from the kettle on the stove. His kettle was having a chat. Cup of tea and a chat, in fact.
0: Cup of tea and a chat and jam (laughs) roly-poly if you're down the postie. Hang on, so... I wonder what kind of kettle it was. I guess it would have been enamel or one of those
1: enamel on the ones. Yeah,
0: maybe. And I wonder what kind of stove it was. If it
1: was, well, gas. don't you don't need to do the I investigation because that's what Doctor Luca Do is there for. Oh, okay. Luca Do, Luca Don't, Luca Don't. The, the friends of this man they thought he was losing his mind, and they suggested that he see a psychiatrist, which he planned to do, yeah, but not until he got in touch with Doctor Luca Do and his team first. Mm -hmm. So they asked him a little question or two. One of them was, Do you live close to a radio mast? And he said, Yes, I do. (laughs) Uh, Somehow his kettle was picking up the signals of the radio mast and relaying it into his kitchen.
0: Oh, okay. Because my next question was going to be
1: Do you enjoy psychedelics? Right. My kettle's talking to me. Yeah, of yeah. course. No, it was more simply answered to than that. Yeah. But if he'd been to a psychiatrist, God knows where he would have ended up.
0: Yeah, he could have been in the, I was going to say
1: loony bin. I don't think you Can't can say, say that. that anymore. I don't think you can, no. <laughs> I don't think you can say that. In an institution. Yes. Another time, Dr. Walter was contacted by a lady who had been diagnosed with a mental health issue, mm-hmm. but she'd also been experiencing a strange anomaly at her home where suddenly baby clothes would turn up in her apartment in amongst her laundry there would be little socks little onesies vests that all appear overnight she had no idea what was going on at first she thought she was having a psychotic break in fact but then she became convinced that it was ghosts
0: okay i've got some ideas already As somebody who has
1: a shared laundry. (laughs) Well, her doctor adjusted her meds, but they still kept appearing. Her medical team thought she was delusional and that this was a sign that her illness was getting worse got in touch with Dr. Volta von Lukadu and they interviewed her on the phone and discovered that, like you, Michelle, she shared a laundry Mm. with her neighbours and that one of her neighbours had recently had a baby and the baby clothes were getting mixed up, of course. What a silly bitch, honestly.
0: (laughs) I mean, you've got to go for Occam's razor here. Like, Really? The most obvious answer is the
1: answer. Will be the answer, exactly. Honestly,
0: I always end up with a sock or something that's been left in the in the washing. They get stuck machine. on the
1: walls of the spin thing. Yeah, of course.
0: People are stupid, aren't
1: they? Of course none of this is spooky and unexplained, so I dug into hospitals to see what kind of paranormal experiences had been reported because it's generally known that hospitals, morgues, all of those places are haunted. And in particular, like I said before, Hospices.
0: I mean, they're chambers of death. Yeah. A lot of people die in hospitals and hospices. You know, it makes sense that they will have the imprint of the energy of the people who had died, if you believe in that kind of thing. Maybe the spirits come back because they had an evil nurse who killed them. or Oh, my
1: God, Michelle, you went there.
0: Or something not so evil, but you know.
1: Back to Quora and its friend Reddit, and we've got Audrey <laughs> Lenore Rose who says, This isn't my story, but my mother's experience. One disclaimer, my mum is a smart, educated woman and has always been so. She isn't a liar or prone to letting her imagination run away from her, so I have no reason to doubt that what she tells me is true. There might be a normal explanation that's every day, but who knows? So for a period of time, for about a year, her mother worked at a long-term care facility for senior citizens. And she took the overnight shift, doing a lot of laundry during the sleeping hours and catching up on the patient notes, attending to any room alarms, helping residents with dressing, grooming, whatever, toilet. There was a female patient, we'll call her Mary, who was the oldest person on the floor. She was a centurion at the age of 102. She couldn't walk and needed help to do all those things like stand and go to the loo and whatnot. Mm. But she had a sharp mind and regularly amused the staff and visitors with her snappy comebacks and wry observations.
0: (laughs) I love her already. She sounds
1: gorgeous, doesn't she? Often peppered with bits of sage wisdom gathered over the course of a century of life. She wasn't what one would consider to be a dementia sufferer, not even in the early stages. According to the poster's mum, Mary was still with it. She's still got it. She goes on to say, one night my mother is working with another nurse. The residents are all in bed. The floor is dark. The floor was laid out with a central nursing hub and three offshoot hallways lined on both sides with residents rooms. The other nurse was at one end of these hallways folding and putting away laundry into a cabinet. And at the hub, my mother was working on notes. When the switchboard for the room call buttons suddenly flashed a single red light, then it went off. This was weird because the lights weren't supposed to go out without a nurse entering the room and switching it off at the wall, which is usually out of the bedridden resident's reach. Someone had turned it on, someone had turned it off. Shrugging it off as possible, malfunction with the room button, my mother walked into the room in question, which happened to be Mary's room. Just as she's about to push open the door, she hears a clear but soft-spoken lady's voice saying, Mary? It sounded like someone was right behind her saying this so the mum turned around thinking it was another nurse but nobody was there she could still see from the doorway the other nurse folding the laundry so now she's a bit jumpy and uh, looked around she tried to see who was calling mary's name there was no one there so she thought she must be hearing things or a resident had their tv on or something so she pushes open the door and walks in mary is awake And she's hearing the door, so she looks up with her head and goes, Mama? Oh. My mum said that jarred her a bit because Mary hadn't shown any signs of confusion before, always recognising where she was and who she was around. So the poster's mum just said, no, Mary, it's just me. Do you need anything? Mary looked sad but shook her head and said no. My mother rearranged the blankets and left the room, returning to her nursing hub. In the morning, she began her rounds, and when she opened Mary's door... There was only silence, no witty comeback, no wry observation. Mm. Mary had passed away in the night and the poster's mother said that it is common for the elderly to revert to an almost childlike state right before they die and many yeah. call out for their mother.
0: Ah, oh, But maybe if you connect the nurse hearing a voice
1: yeah. that said Mary. Maybe there was a ghost of her mum there. Exactly. To usher her through.
0: Exactly. Oh, look, near-death experiences, it's funny. I was I was looking at a few of those for a future episode and there are a lot of occurrences worldwide, across cultures, we've talked about this, of people experiencing similar things. There's
1: something in it. There could be something in it, absolutely. Fiona Godson said on Quora... I've had many weird experiences in the hospitals I've worked in over the years. Some of it probably easily explained, but I'm definitely one of those straight to ghost people. Yeah. <laughs> Things like seeing someone walking up a corridor in the ward on night shifts when the ward is locked staff are busy and no mobile patients so why are there anyone else on the ward or disconnected phones ringing call bells going off in empty rooms and end-of-life patients being collected by loved ones what does that mean
0: that means they come like mary said mama mum came yeah they are coming to guide
1: you through well she said when when she first joined the End of healthcare world, there was one room in the place where she worked that no one would go into because it would attract strange occurrences. They would always try and give their end of life patients a private room and just sometimes they just had to put them in that room. But the weird thing about this one was their end of life patients would often see things in the left hand corner of the room. Right. So whenever they were feeling scared as death was approaching, yep. they would show signs of discomfort or whatever. Then suddenly they would look over to the left, in left hand corner, upper corner of the room and suddenly become really calm and smile. There was one lady who said, oh, darling, you've come for me with the biggest happy smile on her face. Yeah. And another one said, it's you. What are you doing here? Wow. That's joyful. It is. This
0: also touches on a little bit of the story that you said last week about the girls in the fire where it just felt like a happy, lovely place. And if you're being greeted by somebody that meant something to you in your life, it sounds perfect.
1: Absolutely. Most of the time it was happy, joyful moments like this with people looking up and smiling and saying, darling, or just smiling. But once it was quite nerve-wracking because... There was an old man who was close to the end. He was very comfortable and accepting of it and no typical distress, which was worrying when I read that line, typical distress. <laughs> she wasn't his nurse, but she was fetched to assist and assumed his pain was perhaps no longer being managed. So when she mm-hmm. got to the room, the nurse was visibly upset and said, please, please come in with me. I can't go in alone. When they went into the room it wasn't what she was expecting she went in he was in distress crying mm. saying no no not you not you leave me leave me he looked terrified and was looking in that corner oh my god whoever had come to collect him was not welcome so there was no comfort and the room felt off she <gasps> could, she can't explain it she said there was like static electricity it was almost crackling in the room <gasps> And then he passed and it was like she'd gone deaf in that moment. There was no sound and the other nurse noticed it too and it lasted a couple of seconds. Oh, my God. All the other sounds on the ward were just gone. Like you've been sucked into a vacuum. They carried out the last bits and pieces that they needed to do as usual for when one of their patients has passed away. Then the doctor called the family and he came in afterwards looking really upset. The nurse had said to the doctor, what's wrong? And he said when he called the next of kin to tell them the sad news, their response was good and they hung up. No! So maybe he just wasn't a good guy. Maybe
0: he was not a good guy and the devil came to get him.
1: Or a previous victim.
0: And that's it, you know, not everybody is a nice person and horrible people die too. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: Here's a little thing on Mumsnet, which I don't know if you know this about Mumsnet, but they have a whole section devoted to woo. Stories of woo. This thread is actually called NHS Woo. (laughs) (laughs) And this one is from 2022 from Sandy Collins. And she says, My husband used to work in one of the old asylums. Lots of accounts of spooky stuff, including babies crying in closed off wards, which used to be the ward for unmarried mothers. Now he works in a nursing home, and some of the paramedics are very reluctant to go into certain rooms because they've had spooky experiences in there when coming out to see residents in the past. Now, that's all she says, but somebody contacts her back and says, did the paramedics tell him what they experienced and has your husband seen or experienced anything in the nursing home? Sandy replies, yes. Both got stuck in a room when there was no one outside. The handle wouldn't turn. When they stepped away, the handle turned and the door opened on its own. (laughs) (laughs) The paramedics won't go in that one room on their own now. They've all heard odd noises in that room as well.
0: Fuck.
1: So really, it's the old man in the story was the only one that really upset me, Michelle. There was hundreds more. I don't have time to go through them. But it made me wonder if there had ever been any anecdotal anomalous things that occurred during executions. Oh,
0: my God. Dark, Geordie.
1: Exactly. I was too creeped out to search for that. So I didn't. But I did read... A little something about Ted Bundy's January 24, 1989 execution. This was a moment when the entire country stopped to await the news and crowds were standing outside chanting, Burn, Bundy, burn. Oh,
0: my God. Just a witch hunt in the modern day.
1: Well, he had done some awful crimes, Michelle.
0: I know, but that kind of mob mentality, I don't like it regardless of whether someone deserves to be executed or not mob mentality just scares the fuck out of me
1: well bundy had received the death penalty at three separate trials but spent nine years in prison before eventually being executed in the electric chair at florida state penitentiary and afterwards he was taken out of the prison where there were crowds lining the street outside they all cheered as the car bearing his body drove past which is quite dark and sad his ashes were then scattered as per his wishes In the Cascade Mountains, which eerily was where at least four of his victims were discovered. Creep. It's almost like he's having the last laugh.
0: Yeah, that's not very nice. Fucking hell. Well, speaking of hospices and retirement villages and whatnot. Yes. There's one here in town. One. Only the one? Only the one. You know, there's 2,000 people who live here. So there's one. Actually, uh, the parents of someone we know are in there. And this is more a funny thing rather than a I see dead people thing. Because the dad went in. He's 96. And the mom was still fine. But then she thought, oh, I just want to be near him. So she's gone in as well. Yeah. There was a dance. Because, you know, they have singing and dancing and little DJs doing jazz and whatever. And there was a dance. Well, one of the other oldies went up to him and asked him to dance. He said yes. Oh, my God. The wife did not speak to him for two weeks.
1: Gee whiz.
0: (laughs) Even, Even at 96.
1: You know, you can piss off your wife. Still swinging in the old folks' home up in the mountains, done skiing.
0: (laughs) You know, he's still got it. 96, he's still getting the ladies asking for his hand. Yes, but I bet you that place has a few stories because you know when someone's died because the church bell rings oh it's you know it's that kind of place yeah because everybody knows
1: everybody i'm sure even the oldies
0: they do hadn't even thought about the line between mental health and supernatural i mean we talk about it all the time but not in terms of going to your psychiatrist and relaying something and mm, then being
1: not believed and sectioned
0: mistakenly sectioned or put on really serious medication I have to say, the lady with the baby clothes, dick. <laughs> she had mental health issues already, Michelle. Be nice. Sorry. No, that doesn't sound very sympathetic. Oh, that poor lady. Thank you very much for the stories. I looked up in the sky and I just thought, I don't know what that is, but I, I know what I saw. Don't tell me it was a worth balloon. Don't tell me it was some kind of wolf It wasn't I know I know what I saw right, well, Geordie mm. I've gone more supernatural and of course aliens because you know I love Gotta it bring UFO him in and an alien and, bring an alien in yeah, and look, I'm gonna start off with some news that I read, yeah from this morning. What the fuck? Current and controversial. So, apparently it appears that aliens are trying to land at Stansted. Huh? Well, good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) Stansted is one of those cheap-ass fucking airports where you get your Ryanair's, your EasyJet. It's a meat market. It's a fucking terrible airport, but one of the busiest in the UK. And according to the Metro, Stansted might just be the UK's newest UFO hotspot.
1: Oh, that's hilarious.
0: Yeah, after several near misses between planes and unidentified objects have been reported. Right. Not drones. Okay. According to a Freedom of Information request, there have been loads of incidents that include an invisible object triggering a plane's collision avoidance system. Yeah. Wow. That's not a little bird could be a birdie who fucking knows <laughs> UK shuts down when there's leaves on the line it could be a goddamn bird yeah. and last year it was apparently reported that a UFO was within 20 meters of Orion Ryanair plane wow that's really fucking close when you're in the air going at a million miles an hour imagine looking out the window and seeing that I know but would you see it If you're travelling that far, I mean, I guess you would.
1: Or if it's invisible.
0: Well, I did also read a few weeks back. I wish I had the news report. There was a flight attendant, again, I think on one of these cheapy airlines, who looked out and saw weird pink lights in the sky. Wow! And other people on the plane saw it too. Unidentified, no explanation. Hmm. What they say was... Whatever this thing was that came within 20 metres of this Ryanair plane, yeah. it did not register on the plane's drone monitoring system oh. and the equipment they have. But it was spotted by the pilot who said the object was black and it just came super close. So don't know what to make about all of that, except that the plane was travelling at 230 miles per hour And the object was travelling from north to south. That's not a drone at those kinds of altitudes and speeds. So don't know. Okay. Then I did read that just last week the Pentagon's ex-UFO chief made some pretty outlandish claims. Who's that? Uh, He's a guy called Sean Kirkpatrick.
1: Yeah, we spoke about him before. Have we? Yeah, yeah. Sean Kirkpatrick was in a story that I did about the UAP thing that was going on. Oh, the declassified (laughs) information, the trials. He was speaking on behalf of the government.
0: Yeah, he's the Pentagon's ex UFO chief. Ex recent UFO chief. Yes, as of December, and now he's no longer with the Pentagon. I've read conflicting reports about did he get the boot or was he retired or did he just leave? So there's some question marks around that. But he has come out last week with some pretty crazy claims that he was effectively banned from revealing top secret info and divulging classified information about extraterrestrial life, including stuff like videos and documents because the
1: US government does not want the world to see this no, stuff. No, exactly. But he was working for them and saying the opposite to what the other bloke was saying in the story that I told at some point, which I can't remember. Right.
0: Well, he was formerly in charge of the US Department of Defense's UFO Task yes. Force. And he just last week called for the release of loads of files to be made public. So there could be more transparency between the US government and what they know and the information that's been given to the public. And he says that his superiors at the Pentagon obstructed him, like rigorously, from revealing the truth about UAPs on loads of occasions, despite him personally having the evidence to back up the claims that he wanted to reveal. Isn't that interesting? And he said basically the higher-ups in his department don't want to disclose certain information regarding UFOs and that the government's investigations into UFO sightings should be more transparent yeah. because when the government doesn't give you the full picture, the public
1: fills in the gaps. Absolutely. And actually, I don't believe that the president even has that final say because I read an article in the Fortune Times the other day that said when Jimmy Carter was coming into power, he said, I'm going to open up those books. I'm going to tell everybody what's in them. I want full transparency about the UFOs and aliens. And it didn't really happen. No.
0: But also isn't there some kind of famous quote that the first thing Bill Clinton wanted to do was look at the files that are classified. So there's shit going on. And like I said, you know, when you don't reveal what's really going on, that's when the public... Come up with conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. and misinformation. Basically, this guy, Sean Kirkpatrick, was censored during press conferences. He wasn't allowed to reveal any of his team's discoveries. But of course, the Pentagon are denying these claims. They're saying Sean's always been allowed to say whatever he wanted. Obviously, that's not true. What do I know? I'm not part of the Pentagon. Basically, you know, when I said to you earlier, There's some controversy around whether he got the boot or he retired. Either way, he was swiftly removed from the department.
1: Isn't that interesting?
0: After he went public with a warning that aliens could be responsible for concerning behaviour, quote, in our backyard. What? He said there's going to be a whole load of stuff that is going to be declassified soon, including historical documents and operational videos. And that during his time as the director of the U.S. Department of Defense's UFO task force, Sean did manage to share some declassified footage of these UFOs that people are hunting for. And he said that the majority of UFOs spotted and reported on are metallic spherical orbs, yeah. usually seen at an altitude between 10,000 and 30,000 feet, and they're up to four meters in size. And there's loads of
1: them. That is just so bizarre, Michelle. And while you were talking, I quickly looked something up. It was the David Grush story that we talked about last year with the Congress UFO hearing and... Actually, while he was speaking and saying all the stuff that he was, because he used to be a government employee as well, yep. the person who shot him down was Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, who said there was no credible evidence of extraterrestrial life. And that was back only as far ago as July last year.
0: Right. Well, who knows? Maybe he was strong-armed into denying Grush's claims. Well,
1: yeah. That was the company lie.
0: Yep. So now he's no longer with the Pentagon. He's come out and said, I was basically told I'm, I wasn't allowed to say anything. Now he's blabbing. Of course. We all knew that, Sean. But look, if what this guy is saying is true, he has seen stuff the government does not want the world to know. Maybe for defence purposes or maybe not to alarm the yep. public. I don't know. But they know stuff. They're not telling us, which I think is fascinating and creepy all at the same time. What have they got? Yeah, sure.
1: What do they know?
0: What are they keeping from us? You'll find out. Watch this space because if any of this stuff comes out in the next
1: weeks or months or even years, guys. Michelle would be on it like a car bonnet. <laughs> you can trust that. Our intrepid reporter. Well, look, speaking of UFO Pentagon Our UFO correspondent. Oh,
0: that's not a bad.
1: That's your title from now on.
0: That's better than show note, Shelley. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, look, there was an article a couple of weeks ago that said that the Pentagon has basically admitted that they do not have the capabilities to defend America against an alien invasion. Oh, (laughs) why would they say that? (laughs) I mean, they're fucking aliens, of course. They don't have the capabilities to defend themselves because if the aliens are friendly, woohoo, we're saved. If they're hostile, we're fucked because if they have the capabilities to get to Earth, they're way more advanced than us. Why would the Pentagon even bother coming out and saying this? Oh, we don't have the capabilities to defend. Why are they saying that? That's crazy. Idiots, I don't know weirdest thing yeah but there is basically a newly declassified document that says the department of defense does not have the capabilities to launch a comprehensive or coordinated effort to track and analyze UAPs unidentified anomalous phenomena and that this could pose a threat to military and national security and they gave, apparently, 11 recommendations to put into place in the event of an extraterrestrial attack. Oh, God knows what the fuck they are. I guess it's nice. they're. Thanks for looking out for us, guys. Yeah, covering all the bases. But honestly, no one even knows what the fuck we would be dealing with. So, Geordie, to me, it sounds like a moosh point. Moosh
1: point. It's now, moosh. It's quite interesting, this edition of The 14 Times. There was a lot of talk about... 70s style ufo stuff there was mention of you mama Wum, how do you say it again Yumama. mama you do you know what i
0: think we said it wrong Ummama, Ummama. but it's not it's something else it's the one in hawaii and it's not in hawaii it's in the space it's in space no but it was a sorry a hawaiian
1: name yes that's right Ummama.
0: anyway you know what we're talking about
1: it was just a rock that was floating around space but there has been theories that it might have been some sort of drone, but it's so Mm. slow-moving that it would have taken years to be spotted and maybe whichever civilization set it up to send it off in the first place, if that was indeed the case, they'd be long gone. Right. Unless
0: they're aliens that live forever. We don't know how long they live for. (laughs) You just keep making it up, Michelle. (laughs) I'm just saying, what do we know? We don't know anything. Maybe they never died. Maybe their energy that... There is no before, there is no after, there's only transformation. I don't know. It's crazy and honestly, do we even need to know?
1: We don't need to know.
0: That's a whole other ethical kind of conundrum. Back to UFO sightings. It's been hot, hot, hot over the last few months. Back in November last year, there were some UFO bits of footage of a flying saucer flying past the cockpit of a plane that had people on tiktok going mad and i've seen the video essentially you see this object just zooming past what looks like a small plane yeah and then you see it just disappearing off screen okay and it's fast it's fast it's hard to know whether the plane is going fast or the object Mm. is fast it kind of looks like a pointy sideways sombrero shape right to be honest i'm not convinced by this no i don't
1: believe anything on tiktok
0: no i mean it looks like it could be a balloon and you know there are people commenting
1: going that's my kid's birthday balloon
0: people just saying i saw happy birthday written on it do float
1: off yeah they do float off and god knows what happens to them how long they last up there
0: so the jury's out on that yeah but there's a lot of people saying it's definitely a ufo and then there's the jellyfish alien sighting So this is only a couple of weeks ago, back in mid-January. Video footage of a UFO that is not visible to the naked eye, but you can see it on infrared. So there's this footage of it flying above a US airbase in 2017. It was, yeah, kind of military infrared footage. It was released by none other than your favourite, Jeremy Corbell. Jeremy Corbell. I knew it. Mm-hmm. And a guy called George Knapp. George Knapp, K-N-A-P-P, is a two-time winner of some prestigious Edward R. Murrow Journalism Award. So he's not some crackpot, you know, writing clickbait copy. He's a real journalist. And apparently in 1989, he was the journal that revealed the, to this day, Controversial allegations of Bob Lazar, right? Who, as we know at the time, said he was hired to reverse engineer extraterrestrial technology at a yeah. secret Nevada site near a U.S. base, now known as Area Fifty One. Yeah, before being completely debunked. Yeah, and this guy George Knapp was the the journo that blew that story wide open. Jeremy Corbell calls himself a citizen journalist who, as we know, sought UFOs 25 years ago. And he's now a writer, a bit of a UFO whistleblower. And apparently in 2021, he managed to get his hands on some pieces of leaked military footage of a spherical object filmed by the crew of the USS Omaha off the coast of Southern California. And he shared it with the world where everyone saw this oblong orb flying into some headwinds before disappearing into the ocean. Well, yeah. now Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp have released six bits of footage that show UFOs over war zones in the Middle East. Oh, my God. Look, this information all comes from a great article by Chris Sharp, who is a UFO writer for the Daily Mail. Don't judge me with the Daily Mail. Okay. But he says that for years and maybe even decades, the US government has tried to keep this kind of journalism on the fringes by saying it's all just conspiracy talk. Until 2017 when the Pentagon did come clean and confirm the existence of a long-running secret program that studied what was being captured by military pilots on their radars and footage right and then of course last year in 2023 congress held you know those first hearings to investigate claims of ex-military pilots who did testify under oath of encountering mysterious flying objects around the world while they were pilots wow as more and more footage of ufos gets out there and into the media it seems like the conversation around UFOs and the whole thing not just being conspiracy talk of crackpots, it is taking hold and the US government is being slightly more transparent which does make it easier for people like Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp to share their findings yeah. with the world okay. and like I said, they've got this jellyfish UFO, I've seen it, it's weird, it's this object and they've called it the jellyfish because it has these weird dangly <laughs> tentacle leg things hanging from it Honestly, I don't really think it's a UFO or an alien because it's nothing what we consider aliens to look like. You know, none of the greys, none of those big pointy
1: eyes or anything. Well, do you remember though, Michelle, we did say that it's probably not going to look like that. It's probably going to look like a slug or something you can't even imagine, a puff of air. It's a
0: fucking jellyfish. It's a jellyfish. (laughs) But I think it looks dodgy as fuck because even though there are these dangly tentacle leg things, they don't really sway or move. I don't know if it's real or not because it's just flying through the air like this. And I'm not the only one because people say that the footage is military-grade infrared, video recorded from surveillance blimp, and all it is is a smudge on the camera lens. Other people are like, it's bird shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the smudge theory has been poo-pooed. And I agree, actually, because when you look at this, this weird jellyfish thing, it does actually rotate Around and a smudge doesn't move. Smudge is a fucking smudge. The dangly legs don't move, but the whole thing does rotate. So I don't think it's bird shit or a smudge. But other people are saying it's like mylar balloons or latex balloons or whatever. Other people are saying no, it's not because infrared doesn't pick up those things. Remember, this jellyfish is not visible to the naked eye, yeah. it's only come up on infrared footage. I don't know what to think about this. Although I will say that one of the most interesting things about this footage is what is not seen on the video, which is apparently witnesses who saw this thing hovering around the war zone. And I don't know how they saw it, if it's not visible to the naked eye. exactly. Or maybe they had those. Yeah, the night goggles on. I don't know. But they said they saw the UFO go into the nearby Habaniya Lake for 17 minutes, then re-emerge from the water and accelerate rapidly at a 45-degree angle until it disappeared
1: from view. This reminds me of something that we saw or I saw with Sean Ryder when he went to America looking for UFOs. Oh, right. Okay,
0: well, this is in a war zone, you know, Honestly, what the actual fuck? Because if this is true, then this weird footage has potentially more legs than those dangly ones in the mid, <laughs> and it could be aliens or it could be some other country infiltrating that US yes. war zone with something that we don't even know about. True.
1: Gosh, well, it's fascinating, isn't it?
0: And, Geordie, I'm going to finish with a little side note about UFOs and crackpots. Because they all go together hand in hand, don't they? They do go together hand in hand. But look, just last week, two Republican congressmen in America claimed that UFOs could indeed be angels sent by God.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Because they say that some UFO sightings align with scriptures from the Bible. Oh, Eric Berlinson, who is one of these uh, Republican congressmen, yeah. He says he views angels as being synonymous with extra dimensional beings. Yeah. While another guy called Tim Burchett cites religious texts for answers mm. on UFOs. And Eric has been quoted as saying that UFOs, and I quote, may not fit exactly the biblical narrative. No shit. <laughs> I say that. Uh, but he says, whenever I use the term angels, it's synonymous with an extra dimensional being. In a lot of different scriptures, including the Bible and others, that's really the way that you describe messengers of gods or angels. So what he's kind of saying is aliens are God's mailmen, you know, they're the little messages from God. And Congressman Tim Burchett told reporters last year that he believes the first chapter of Ezekiel is pretty clear, a UFO sighting. Oh. I don't know the Bible. I don't know, it. don't know what Ezekiel means. I thought you might have it to hand. No, I'm not doing that. But apparently, it is pretty clear that it's about a UFO. Okay. Last year, Congressman and Marine veteran Mike Gallagher, who also serves on the House Oversight Committee with Berlinson and Burchett, yeah, he said in June last year that UFOs might instead of being angels they might be time traveling craft piloted by humans from the
1: future well i get that one that's more that to me makes more sense than angels
0: Mm. and he said that ufos could actually be from an ancient civilization that's just been hiding here and is suddenly showing itself
1: Right. Okay. Well, that makes, that makes more sense, doesn't it, really? I'd prefer to believe that than the other thing, the Bible stuff. I've got his equal here if you want to hear what it says. Oh, yes, please. Yes. It says, In the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day, while I was among the exiles by the Kibar River, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God okay the 30th year
0: i don't know fucking what that means i mean we couldn't even count last week in last week's <laughs> episode it was ridiculous we were counting on fingers we still didn't reach anything so you asked me about the 30th year i've got no clue here
1: but i will say the 30th say, years
0: how is that a clear sighting of ufo I don't know
1: dudes on mushrooms
0: that's all i got for you this week they're my bits are they're my bits are bits bits
1: and pieces Thanks, Michelle. Well, that pretty much covers all the bases, doesn't it? We've got the ghosts. We've got the murderer at the end. We've got the near-death, near-death experiences. experience. And we've got UFOs. And I see <laughs> <laughs> so how's that for a little return to Supernatural?
0: It is. We haven't done a Supernatural app for yeah. a while. So I hope that has whet your whistle, <laughs> peeps. <laughs> I don't even know what that means.
1: We have come to the end of our time here this week. On this planet. On this podcast, I'd rather say, rather than planet. Let's not say that. It's too scary, Michelle. So all I'm going to say right now is wherever you are. Whatever you do.
0: Just, just keep, keep Eavesdropping,
1: eavesdropping, 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 obs, eavesdropping, all day long.